Hi there, and welcome to Fibercast, the official podcast for sellers by sellers. I'm Adam, aka Twisted Web One Two Three, and I am Ryan, aka Custom Drum Loops. And today we're joined by Les Jones from LC Magazine. Les, welcome to the show. Thanks very much, guys. Really pleased to be here. It's great to have you on the show, Les. I, we actually we met about a month ago at a, a Fiber Careers Expo. Uh, yeah, we did, um, and we were both talking at that event. I remember. Yeah, I was able to catch your talk and got a bit of background information about you and you know, about Elsie Magazine. So I'm super excited to have you on today to to talk more about that because you involved Fiverr quite heavily in the most recent issue. Uh, absolutely. In fact, uh, the whole issue is is based on uh, on Fiverr and uh, gigs I've commissioned on Fiverr. So getting into it, Les, can you kind of give us a bit of background to Elsie Magazine? Kind of tell us, you know what the idea was behind it, why you started it, and kind of how it progressed from there. Uh, yeah, I can. It's, uh, it started about, uh, about four years ago. Um, I, in my career, have, have run my own design uh, and marketing agencies and also started out as a photographer. Uh, so I've worked in, in the kind of creative sector for about 25 or 30 years. Um, but, of course, whenever you're running your own design agencies, you're always working for clients and uh, clients can be fantastic, but they can also be a little bit frustrating now and again when they want to, uh, to change things that you do. Um, and outside of, of, of that part of my career, I was doing a lot of personal work, doing a lot of creative work, taking pictures, uh, developing themes. And it just occurred to me that, that I needed somewhere to put everything, uh, a kind of a, a receptacle, if you like, that, that would uh, take all the work in and, and present it out to, uh, to an audience. So I came up with the idea of, of creating uh, a magazine and making that a one-man magazine. So I do everything. I do the design, the photography, uh, the illustration, the writing, the artwork. Uh, the only bit I don't do is the, is the printing. And... The reason I went down that route was because I wanted total freedom to just express myself and, and, and do whatever I wanted to do without any outside uh, influence or interference um, coming in. So th that's really how it started. It, it was a bit of a voyage of discovery. I'd never done a magazine before, um, but I just threw myself into it and, and you know, it's gone from there. Well, Les, as a one-man show, I'm sure you had a ton on your plate. Was that how you came across Fiverr to begin with in terms of expanding, um, you know, looking for outsourcers, looking for people that offer different things? Um, no, it, it, it wasn't actually. Um, I The previous magazines that I've done, the, the Fiverr issue is issue number four, and, and, and the first three have really just featured um, work generated by me. So my photography... Um, my observations uh, and, and, and everything that was in the magazine has been produced by me. Um, the Fiverr one just, just kind of came out of, out of the blue, really. Um, I was uh, told about the site by a colleague who'd, who'd use it to commission some illustrations for her wedding invite. And... Uh, I went on the site and, and had a look around and, and the kind of the idea just popped into my head that here was a, here was a site that was a conduit uh, in effect to millions of people around the world and wouldn't it be an interesting and cool idea to 
commission people from around the world to produce content and, and kind of bring it together into one magazine. Um, so, uh, you know, the work that's produced uh, and, and shown in, in the Fiverr issue is the first time I've actually used Fiverr. And I actually got to participate in that, and it was a great experience. It's uh, so cool to see projects like that where it brings a ton of different users together. How many users in total were involved in putting the issue together? Uh, in total, I commissioned um, just under 100 gigs. Um, not all of them made the magazine, as you'd expect uh, with a magazine. There's a kind of an editing process, so uh, you, you tend to commission more than you actually use. Um, I think about 60 or 70 different gigs appear in the magazine. Um, and then I also commissioned some additional gigs to use in, in my live presentations. I'm, I'm taking Elsie on tour uh, around Britain in the autumn and into the new year. Uh, so I've commissioned some kind of video type stuff and music type stuff to use in those live events. As you well know, Ryan. I was going to say, besides mine, did you have any other favorites that you uh, worked with? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, there was. I mean, it was a great experience. I mean, first and first and foremost, just connecting with you know people around the world. Uh, I'm in the magazine. I've, I've got um, content generated from 29 different countries, uh, which was just absolutely fascinating. Because once I'd actually um, commissioned a gig, uh, I then went back to the seller and asked them to provide a little bit of information about them, their background, a bit about their life of where they lived. And without exception, people were fantastic. They got on board, uh, they contributed, they were getting quite excited themselves about being in the magazine. Um, and then there were some really interesting um, guys that I worked with in terms of generating little video clips for my live events. One that particularly sticks in my mind was uh, uh, a young guy in India who will record your message while he's dressed in his suit of fruit, uh, which has to be seen to be believed. I, I can uh, I can imagine so. I mean, hearing about connecting with so many different sellers and also going back to kind of find out their background stories. Were there any kind of background stories that really stood out to you or really um, have stuck with you? Um, yeah, there, there, there were a there were quite a few actually and in for different reasons um you know uh there was one young girl uh in saskatchewan uh who sent me the most beautiful um piece of male art uh, that was her gig that she would send you um uh, a, a male art letter and the letter arrived and it was fantastic. It just kind of kept unfolding. There were more and more little bits to it, little drawings, um, little bits of uh, script that she'd written, uh, messages. And uh, I was really kind of taken aback by the quality of the work that she kind of produced. And um, she was a young girl trying to kind of make it as in kind of film um, direction, uh, had lost both her parents before the age of 20 but was clearly taking a, an extremely positive view of, of, of life and, and, you know, getting out there and getting stuck in and, and doing new things, which was, which was quite moving. Um, and, you know, there were lots of other people uh, in many different countries who were producing fantastic pieces of work and were, were kind of using Fiverr, I think, as a way of, of, of 
you know, getting their creativity out there. Um, there were lots of other fun things as well. Um, uh, one, lady, one lady wrote me a letter of encouragement. That was her gig. I will write you a, a letter of encouragement. So um, I had to give her a subject as to what I needed to be encouraged about. So I told her that this, you know, this one-man magazine uh, activity that I was involved in was actually quite tough and quite hard at times, and a little bit of encouragement wouldn't go amiss. So she wrote me a very nice letter of encouragement uh, that appears in the magazine. But there were lots and lots of, uh, of really, you know, nice moments, um, all of which appear in the magazine. I remember um, one particularly from when we attended that event where you were talking about um, a granddaughter and her gran who were basically um, making items. Yeah, I mean, that was that was one of the very early gigs that, that I that I commissioned and I came across it uh, on the Fiverr side. And it was a it was a, a young girl who was basically offering out um, little paper boxes that her grandmother had made um, from old Japanese leaflets. And apparently, she makes these little boxes every single day, and it kind of keeps her active, keeps her brain active. Uh, and she just turned ninety nine. Um, so I had a, an envelope arrive with 15 of these lovely little boxes that she kind of folded almost like origami. Um, and they get, uh, they get four pages in the magazine and there's a full, full page picture of um, the grandmother in there. I think that's such a, a touching story as well when you consider opening up something that, you know, she obviously used to do as a hobby and now she's 99 years old and she's, making an income from that and using her spare time on Fiverr with her, obviously her granddaughter helping. Yeah. I think her granddaughter's helping her with the technology and, uh, you know, and, and the interaction with the site. But, uh, um, I actually sent her, a, um, a PDF of the article, uh, a month or two back because it was one of the first articles that I designed for the magazine. And, uh, I had a note back from her granddaughter to say she was absolutely thrilled um, I'm really excited to see the actual magazine when it's out. It's pretty wild to know that there's a 99-year-old selling gigs on Fiverr out there. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic, I think. I, I can I can only I can only hope that I'm still like, I'm still selling gigs on Fiverr at, at 99. <laughs> For well, fun. That's that's the fun part. <laughs> well, absolutely. And, uh, and why not? You know, the, the, there's there's nothing in the rules that says, you know, that your creativity should stop at a certain age. Um and, you know, I think doing those kind of things, keeping yourself active, keeping yourself involved um, and also, you know, interacting into a community that, uh, uh, you know, is, is, is a lot younger than that, uh, I think is really refreshing. So, Les, you touched on the fact that you got physical items as well as digital items. I'm curious, how long did this whole process take to put this issue together between contacting sellers and getting all your deliveries? What was that time frame? Uh, it's probably taken me from start to finish about four months um, from commissioning the first gig uh, to actually finishing the artwork for the magazine, which is, has gone to press in the last couple of days. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was one of the, the most thrilling parts of the actual experience. A lot of the stuff that I got came um, digitally. You know, people were sending me articles or bits of illustrations through, you know, through in a digital format. But a lot of the stuff also came uh, in a physical format uh, through the post. 
So one of the first things I had um, was a, an envelope full of Japanese sweets, um, which was one of the, the first gigs that I, that I commissioned. Um, and again, that was quite thrilling. It was, uh, you know, a large envelope, probably 10 to 15 pieces of, uh, of confectionery in there featuring, you know, all that fantastic Japanese graphics, um, you know, that, that, that you might have seen. So that was great because, you know, a lot of the stuff that I've done when commissioning gigs, obviously because I'm putting a magazine together, I'm drawn towards the things that are more visual. Um, so, you know, when I was going through the site, it was, it was always the visual things that would, uh, that would catch my eye. So I've had lots of postcards. I've, you know, I think postcards are quite a big thing on, on Fiverr. And uh, I commissioned a few people to send me handwritten postcards from, from their, their own country. So I've had postcards from Bulgaria, uh, um, from India. Uh, one postcard from India actually managed to get all the way from India to me without a stamp on, um, which was quite <laughs> interesting. And uh, I also had three postcards from Mongolia. Um, and again, that was quite quite thrilling to to get a small insight and a, and, and a, uh, a glimpse into into life in in Mongolia. It's nice. I know as sellers, we work with buyers from all over the world, but it's nice to see in this case a buyer working with sellers from all over the world as well. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think I think the possibilities are endless. Really, you know, uh, putting the magazine together has. Uh, has given me lots of other ideas that, that you could do via Fiverr if you kind of got your creative hat on um, because you really do have access to to millions of people with with a whole range of skills and backgrounds and kind of backstories as well. There's, you know, there's, there's, there's so much that could be done um, from a creative uh, perspective. Yeah, I mean, we've heard of crowdfunding. You know, obviously that went through a massive big boom with things like Kickstarter and Indiegogo. But I think now we're starting to see more and more kind of crowdsourcing where, you know, we're kind of breaking the tradition of having something like an agency or having, you know, something else along the business. But instead, we're looking to source all over the world for all a whole host of different things. And I think it's great that, you know, you could use that in a business sense. But you can also use it in a kind of a creative kind of sense that you have where you've been able to curate from all over the world. I think there's there's literally no kind of limit to what crowdsourcing and especially on a place like Fiverr, where it's so easy to find all the different services all over the world. There's no limit to what you can really achieve with that. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and I think also from from the seller's perspective, it it opens up a whole new world. I think, um, you know, Fiverr as a site is, is at the forefront of, of what I would describe as the kind of the, the, the democratization of design creativity. Um, you, you know, you, you, can, you can be working in, in a very small town in India or Africa, yet you can still actually provide work to uh, to people in, in countries across the world. So, you know, no longer are you limited by your particular circumstances. If you've got the skills and the talent, then you can still find the people who want to utilize those skills and talents. And, and I think that that's a very democratic way of, uh, you know, people engaging in the creative process. 
I absolutely um, love that kind of connection there because I know yourself, Les, you're currently based in a, a very small village. Kind of, I think you said to me, it's kind of in the middle of, of nowhere in between, you know, obviously larger places. But the fact that you've been able to go onto a platform, source content from all over the world, from cities to rural areas, curated together as a magazine, and then launch that issue, you know, again, online and via physical copies, but again, from a rural location, it really has kind of connected it all together. Yeah, it's been, it's been really exciting. Um, you know, w one of the reasons why, uh, why I did the, the fiber issues, the previous issue of, of the magazine um, was based on a, uh, a picture I took in London of a sign covered in stickers. Uh, in, in art, artistic kind of creative stickers, and I decided to do a project where I where I would track down all of the people behind the stickers in that one photograph. So the whole magazine was effectively derived from one photograph, and that was a that was a fantastic project, really exciting. It took me across Europe to meet all these people um, behind the stickers. It took me to New York. Um, but it was obviously a very uh, intensive project from a time perspective. It was also fairly uh, intensive from a cost perspective because I was traveling around a lot, meeting, meeting the people behind the stickers. So I gave myself a self-imposed brief um, for LC number four, and that was to create um, as interesting, as engaging, as eclectic a kind of a magazine without actually leaving my house. Um, and that's what the Fiverr uh, site has, has, has helped me to do. I, you know, in my opinion, I've created a truly international uh, kind of global magazine. When you think about 29 different countries being involved in the magazine, yet I've done it without actually leaving my house. It's incredible that 29 different countries, almost 100 different gigs, you were able to communicate so effectively to put a whole, a whole issue of a magazine together. Do you have any advice to people when it comes to approaching so, such a diverse seller group in terms of communication? What can they do to improve the likelihood of getting something back that they love? I think I think the first the first thing that I would say is, is just dive in. I, I'm not I'm not a big fan of you know business quotes and stuff like that, but there's a quote that. That has really stuck in my mind since since I launched Elsie Magazine. Uh, and it's a quote by Woody Allen, uh, and he said, "70 percent of success is showing up." And I, I think the more I think about that, the more true it is. I think a lot of people think about doing stuff, have ideas to do stuff, but then put self-imposed barriers in front of themselves that that stop them from actually kind of, you know, taking things forward. A lot of the stuff that I do with Elsie Magazine doesn't have a really defined endpoint. Um, when I start the project, I, I I find it really interesting to just start a ball rolling, and then see where it leads. You know, I could have started this project, got four or five gigs in, and thought actually this is not going to work, and and kind of bounced off it. But the more I got into it, actually, it was the, the complete opposite. The more it opened up, the more possibilities and opportunities presented themselves. So. You know, I think the most important thing is if you've got an idea and you want to you want to kind of try it out, just get stuck in. You know, what's the worst that can happen? So, I mean, uh, as Ryan will probably tell you, we love a good kind of quote or story on uh, on Fibercast. And I think that is completely true, where a lot of the times the first 
kind of step of doing anything is to actually do it you know take it away from the idea in your mind and start to commit to it because like you say you kind of you put up these barriers and things become you know more and more put back until you've you've just stopped doing it for no reason other than yourself so i mean when we're talking about actually doing it actually going from the step of creating in this idea the the magazine can you kind of take us through the process of how you got from the idea through to the publishing yeah i i mean i whenever i'm whenever i'm kind of in between issues of of elsie magazine and i'm 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 looking for the next um concept or hook if you like i I kind of flit around a lot, so you know I consider a lot of ideas. Um, I, I throw them around a, a little bit, and then and then I find that that I just happen to kind of land on something, uh, and that's what I did with 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 Fiverr. I you know I had a few other ideas on the go at the time, uh, and it was when my colleague put me onto Fiverr and I went on the site and and had a look around that I could immediately see that there was a huge potential there in terms of producing a magazine. But a bit like I said earlier on, I had at that time absolutely no idea what the final magazine would look like. Um, I just knew it was it was quite an exciting environment. Um, I was excited by the possibilities, and I just thought, well, let's just let's just set that ball rolling and see where it leads. Obviously, if I if I'd commissioned a hundred different gigs, I'd have a completely different magazine than than the one that I've just produced. So. There's a lot of, you know, chance, a lot of randomness uh, involved in that, a lot of kind of just taking a risk, just commission a gig and see what comes back. And, and if it's interesting enough, then it goes in the magazine. So there's, you know, there's no real formal structure in terms of stop-off points. It's, it's more a kind of just a journey that, that evolves as it goes along. Um, and then you, it's, I suppose, a little bit like a, sculpt, like a sculpture, that you start with with something and you chip away at it, and then suddenly the sculpture reveals itself, and that's what it's been like with the magazine. I've, I've just been collecting these gigs, I've been creating little articles with them, and then over a period of time, the magazine kind of emerges as a whole, and and that's that's a really satisfying uh, thing to happen. And you go through different phases, so you 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 have times when you're very excited and you're creatively charged and you feel as though the magazine's absolutely fantastic and then you come back a day or two later and you think it's absolutely rubbish <laughs> and you have to you have to kind of relook at it and, and and rework it so there's there's a lot of you know iterations within the process but it's not a very structured type of thing it's 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 something that I just follow and get to a point where I feel as though yes it's finished you know, I'll stop here and, and I'll produce the magazine. So for the stuff that you say didn't make the um, editorial cut this time around, is there any plans on what to do with that? Maybe are you going to add that onto the website as part of um, something aside from the magazine? Or is that just something that will maybe go in the drawer for now and see if it can be used later? Uh, a bit of both, Adam, I think. You know, I think some of it might, might make it onto the website um, in terms of, you know some blog posts that will support the magazine, but I might I might also commission some new gigs. You know, as as and, and not let the magazine just be uh, the full stop on the project. So it might be that that the magazine comes out and there's, then there's some supplementary type of content 
that is actually new because having having gone down that path, I think there's so much talent out there and there's so many interesting connections to make. It feels, you know, perhaps a little bit premature to, to, to call the whole project to a halt with just the publishing of the magazine. So, you know, I, I think I'll carry it on for a little while yet. I think as you mentioned too, you could do issue after issue with this. There's so many different options and so many different sellers on Fiverr. I mean, the possibilities seem endless. Uh, they do absolutely. The thing with the thing with me in terms of my own creativity is I, I I like to kind of keep changing direction all the time. But without a shadow of a doubt, there there is um, enough on Fiverr to produce another you know twenty, thirty, forty magazines, and they'd all be completely different, and they'd all have their own. Uh, particular feel. Perhaps throw that challenge out to some other people out there. Everybody listening, that's a, that's an official challenge. <laughs> <laughs> so, Les, you said um, that you know you, you batted around a few ideas uh, before you kind of settled on, or you stumbled across Fiber, and that became the set idea for issue number four. Mm. These other ideas are they potentially something that's going to be in the next issue, or do you already have something in mind that you want to line up for that next issue? Yeah, I would. I would definitely consider coming back to Fiverr, you know, for a future issue of the magazine because, you know, I I think I could produce um, a completely different magazine to the one that I've just sent to press, but using the kind of the same process. I've got lots of ideas, you know, floating around for future issues at the moment. I did actually, I did actually quite like the fact that I created the magazine from the comfort of my own armchair. Well, not so much armchair, my studio chair. I'm actually thinking of doing an issue, possibly the next one, where all the content is not only generated from within my house, uh, in terms of me sitting at my computer in my house, but actually all the content is from my house. You know, I have lots and lots of things that I've collected over the years, um, lots of artifacts, lots of things within the house, lots of people coming and going. There's a kind of the seed of an idea that, that the next issue might just be content that's, that's generated from within the four walls of, of my own house you know something that might almost be slightly autobiographical but just utilizes everything that's in my house be it really really interesting stuff or kind of slightly more mundane stuff brought to life by photography or or illustration i'm trying to think what the equivalent would be of my house if there was a magazine, and all I'm thinking is you'd see a lot of Thomas the Tank Engine toys and not much else. <laughs> well, that would have been me about 25 years ago, but thankfully we're through all that phase now. <laughs> oh, no, the toys are mine. I mean, oh, the toys are <laughs> <laughs> my son, you know, you'll just see his tax returns and stuff. <laughs> I mean, I think that, that the interesting thing um, for me is that you can you can generate content from pretty much anything you know i, I paraf- paraphrase a little bit the the artist uh, rauschenberg who i think something says something along the lines of you know all the all the material you need all the content you need for your art is around the next corner and, and i think that's absolutely true that that wherever you look there is content that you know there there, there are physical things hap- uh, about there are interactions happening um, you know, another idea was to do a whole whole LC magazine based on what's happening in my village uh, over a, a period of time, because you know, again, 
I live in a small village. I, I know perhaps 10% of the people. Um, yeah, stuff's going on all the time. You know, people have got hobbies and things that they're doing and uh, backstories uh, to tell. And yet, you know, they're all within a quarter of a mile of my house. Um, but that stuff kind of stays in the background unless someone's prepared to kind of go and interact with it and bring it out. So, Les, for everybody listening, why don't you tell them where they can grab a copy of the Fiverr issue and also connect with you to grab more issues? They can get um, the Fiverr issue and, and other issues of LC Magazine from my website, which is www.lcmagazine.com. Um, but also, um, my intention is to kind of bring the, the project full circle, if you like, and to actually put a digital download of the magazine as a gig on Fiverr. Just go to my page, Les Jones Wales, and uh, you can find a digital download uh, on that page. And that's Wales the country, not the animal. <laughs> Wales the country, <laughs> absolutely, not the animal. W-A-L-E-S. Well, that's all about we have time for this week. Thanks again to Les for joining us. Remember, you can find the newest issue, issue four of LC Magazine at lcmagazine.com and also via Les's profile in the future at Les Jones Wales. As always, our jingle was made by Custom Drum Loops and we were edited today by Dancha. Thanks so much and see you next week. Fiber cast.